Chapter 71 No Breath, No Life And I looked, and behold, sinews were on them, and flesh grew, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Ezekiel 37, 8. This scene has two aspects an event and a truth. One, the prophetical, which specially points to Israel's restoration in the latter day, and two, the spiritual, which points to the case of individual souls, churches, or congregations. There are four stages presented to us. One, the bone heaps in the valley, very dry, Ezekiel 37, 2. Two, the gathering and reconstruction of these bones. Three, the clothing with flesh, sinews, and skin. And four, the infusion of breath or life. It is through the last of these that the living man is constituted, and without it there is only the picture or statue of a man. The breath is manifestly the life, communicated by the spirit of life. This life may have different stages, but wherever it is, there is a true and complete man. The disciples had life before our Lord breathed on them, but then they attained more. They had life before Pentecost, but then they obtained more. It was life that God communicated when He created man. It is life of a higher kind that the Spirit of God communicates to the soul at conversion. The last Adam, as the possessor of the Holy Spirit, is thus an enlivening spirit. Thus a man may be very like a saint and yet not be one. A church or congregation may be very like a Christian one, with a fair appearance and compact organization, all in excellent bustling order, numerous, generous, united, earnest after a sort, yet lacking one thing that neutralizes and paralyzes all the rest, the breath of life. 1. Our creed may be sound, and yet we may not be Christians. Balaam's creed seems to have been sound, also that of Judas and Damas. It may be the creed of apostles and reformers, the creed of the Synod of Dort, or the Westminster Assembly, yet everything within may be wrong. It will form part of the bones, the sinews, or the flesh, but that is all it is. Indeed, its soundness may be the occasion of serious self-deception. We may mistake orthodoxy for life, the correctness of our confession of faith for the breath. An inanimate, unproductive creed. What will it do for you in the day of the Lord? What will it do for you now? Does it give you real peace, real liberty, or real fellowship with God? 2. Our religion may be externally complete, and yet we may not be Christians. By religion I mean everything that pertains to the private or public worship and service of God, our praises, our prayers, our sanctuary services, our family worship. What are all these without the inward breath? What is routine without life? Mechanical religion may do for the gods of Greece and Rome, but not for the living and true God. Mechanical religion may do for those who imagine that religious performances are work done or money paid in order to ward off divine anger and persuade God to keep them out of hell, but not for those who know that they are the channels of fellowship with God. Your sanctuary attendance may be regular and reverent, but what if there is no breath in it? 
Your prayers and praises may be punctual and beyond reproach, but what if there is no breath in them? Will God accept them? Will they satisfy you? Will they make you happy? Will they not be irksome and intolerable? And the more you multiply them, the more intolerable they will be. 3. Our good works may be numerous and praiseworthy, yet we may not be Christians. It is not the work that makes the Christian, but the Christian that makes the work. This is a day of good works, of benevolent schemes, of societies great and small, of organizations for the relief of the poor, and the reformation of the wicked. Those who conduct them may be earnest and self-denying men, but is the breath there? They often wonder why so much should be done with so little fruit. But is there not a cause? Is there breath or life in all this? Can statues, machines, or engines do the work of the living God? No! It is life that does real work. It is life that is successful. It is life that God honors and by which He works. Let us see that in doing Christian work we ourselves are Christians, or else we will be nothing but Noah's carpenters after all. We may do many good works and yet not be Christians. Many will come in that day saying, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Matthew 7:22. But the answer will be, I never knew you. Matthew 7:23. And for our life may be exemplary, and yet we may not be Christians. There may be bones, sinews, and flesh, and yet no breath, no life. There are many who mistake a fair external demeanor for Christian life. A man may be so like a Christian that another could not suppose that there was anything wrong, and yet there might not be any breath. A life with no breath must be, one, a very imperfect life, many features lacking, even outward ones, but much more inward. The light will be dim, the salt will lack savor. Two, a very unhappy life. There is the secret feeling that everything is wrong, everything is irksome for lack of the divine internal reality. And three, a very unsuccessful life. It's not mere bustle, earnestness, or zeal that does the true work for God. If there is no breath, what are these? All the labor will be in vain. There is breath for you, O sinner, in Him who has the Spirit, who is our breath. You will not be able to say, I perished, or I was unhappy or useless, because God would not give me this breath. 